Okay, look, there was there was a lot that went wrong against Florida State. A lot that probably that we didn't expect. You can't fix everything overnight. But I think there was one thing that was very clear. And one thing that was easily fixable that went wrong against Florida State that can be fixed up this upcoming weekend against Grambling. And I think it's obvious. Put Harold Perkins back. You are Locked On LSU, your daily podcast on the LSU Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, thank you for making Locked on LSU your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. Plus, you can also check us out on YouTube as well. My name is Caroline Fenton. I'm your host, as I am every single day. You can follow me on Twitter at Caroline Fenton One. You can also follow along with the podcast. I'll be posting updates, thoughts, takes at Locked on LSU on Twitter as well. Today's edition of Locked in LSU is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On College for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Well, let's get into it because let's move on from Sunday. It was awful. It was atrocious. It's not what we expected. A lot went wrong. Some went right, but really, for the most part, you got embarrassed against a team that's just flat out better than you. So let's move on from that. Let's look forward got Grambling coming up this week. You've got a quick test against Mississippi State in week three. But we're not just going to forget that Sunday ever happened. I don't think that I could ever forget that Sunday happened. Unfortunately, it is just cemented into my brain. Um, But what we can do is learn from it, get better from it, make adjustments from it, and then get better later on in the season. I think that was really kind of the bread and butter of this LSU team from last year was you looked sloppy. You made a lot of mistakes, um, special teams problems, penalties issues. You know, quarterback wouldn't throw the football. And then this team grew as the team went on. You know, it, it as season went on, rather. They didn't fix everything they needed to fix. Um, but they were able to, you know, watch the film, learn lessons, and take things from game one to game two, three, four, five, six, so on and so forth to ultimately become the SEC West champions. And I think that. You know, there's some things like offensive line protection. Um, the offensive line was fine in pass pro, really, for the most part. Like, I don't think Jaden Daniels' issues, what we did see and where he struggled on Sunday night against Florida State, I don't think that was all on the offensive line. Uh, for the most part, I thought the, the offensive line pass protected pretty well. The run protection was atrocious. I mean, they could not run the football. This is LSU, okay? LSU runs the football. You need This offensive line needs to be able to run block. I don't know how much you can really fix that overnight in a day, in a week. One thing you can fix in a day, it's really simple and it's really easy, is fixing a dumb decision that you made in the first place. Because it's a dumb decision to take your best player, not even just your best defensive player, your best player, the best player on the team, one of the best players in the country, and put them into a position that's not natural to them. That's exactly what Brian Kelly did on Sunday against Florida State was put Harold Perkins, take him away from his natural position. What Harold Perkins did so well last year, see ball, get ball. See quarterback, hit quarterback. Look, it's a lot more complex than that, but that's what Harold Perkins did. They took him away from that, 
and Harold Perkins was a non-factor. I don't know how many games you're expected to win when your best player is a non-factor, especially against a team as talented as Florida State. So Brian Kelly was asked, what's the plan with Harold Perkins moving forward? This is Brian Kelly. Well, you know, certainly a um, question that we have talked about. Um, there's a lot going on. Um, and you could clearly um, look at uh, Harold and what he's asked to do versus, you know, lining him up off the edge. Um, player development has to be thought about. Um, you know, where he goes uh, at the next level has to be thought about um, and then impacting our team. So I think that there is a um, I think there's a happy medium there uh, that we could probably strike. Uh, and we've already begun to look at um, how we can be most effective for, for Harold and for LSU. Well, I hope you've already looked at it. I hope that was the first thing that you did as soon as you stepped off the field. As soon as you were able to wipe the look of shock and confusion off your face, the first thing you thought of was, let's put Harold Perkins back where he is able to affect the quarterback and change the game. Let's do that. But here's my issue with what Brian Kelly had to say. Brian Kelly talked about player development and getting Harold Perkins to the next level before he talked about impacting the team and impacting games. LSU is known to be an NFL powerhouse. That it just every single year, new LSU players get drafted into the NFL that no matter what game you turn on on a Sunday, you're going to see an LSU alum. And that's something that LSU is able to sell to recruits. And what makes them such a wonderful program is how players thrive at the next level. But that's not Brian Kelly's job. Brian Kelly's job is not to develop Harold Perkins for the NFL. Brian Kelly's job is to win football games. Brian Kelly's job is to get this team to the college football playoff, and to win a national championship. Harold Perkins has undeniable natural talent. Harold Perkins will get taken probably in the first round of the NFL draft whenever he's eligible. And that's on his coach in the NFL to develop him. That's on his linebacker coaches at the next level to take his game to the next level. It's not your job. Your job's to win games. And when Harold Perkins... He's in this limbo period playing a game, playing a position that he's not entirely comfortable with. You're not going to win very many of those games. So I think admirable that play development is at the forefront, the concern of the coach staff, because you want to develop your player. You're not a player developer. You're a coach. And a head coach's job is in football games. A player developer's coach's job is to develop players. It's not what you are. Put Harold Perkins back in the position that he can be a game changer. Look, I'm guilty of it. I drank the Kool-Aid. I bought in. I I said in Brian Kelly we trust. If they think that this is where Harold Perkins can be even more of a factor, then fine. Put him there. Change his position. Try and expand his, you know, his repertoire, if you will. 
I said if he can be that impactful, you know, playing one role, maybe playing a larger role, he can, you know, expand his impact. I was wrong. Look, we saw it unfold his play. And look, I know it's only one week. I know that you're not going to be entirely comfortable in a new position after one week, but I saw all I needed to see. You don't get a whole lot of time in this league to adjust, to adapt, to get used to new positions. You don't you don't have enough time to be able to afford Harold Perkins getting up to speed with a new position. Put him where you win games. And where you put him on Sunday did not help you win that game at all. Your best player was a non-factor on Sunday. Change it. I don't want a happy medium. I want to go where you get the most out of Harold Perkins. I don't want a happy medium. I want 100% Harold Perkins where he's best. Work on the development in the offseason. It's not your job. Put it back. Put it back where he's supposed to be. Coming up next, get into some uh, some comments that Brian Kelly made. My thoughts on those. And before, you know, this is the last looking back before we look forward episode because we will have um, our friend from Lockdown HBCU joining us previewing the Grambling LSU game. We'll get into that on tomorrow's edition of Lockdown LSU. But coming up next, comments from Brian Kelly that didn't breed a whole lot of confidence. We'll get into that coming up next. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. I work at a radio station in Nashville. One of my colleagues decided before football season that she was going to go down another road that was better for her. And while I was happy for her personally and professionally, I was also a little bit worried about where our radio station went from there. And we needed to find someone quickly because we're getting a football season. The NFL kicks off on Thursday night. We needed to make sure that our team was firing on all cylinders to make sure that our team had the right people to help us achieve our goals. So that's why we went to LinkedIn Jobs. It's so easy to create a free job post on LinkedIn Jobs. Just head to the website and add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to the LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you are hiring. Plus, one of my other favorite things about LinkedIn Jobs is that they use screening questions and other simple tools that make it so easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you would like to interview and hire. Don't waste any time going through candidates that might not have enough experience or the right experience. No, let LinkedIn Jobs take care of the hard work for you so you can focus on what is best for your business. It's why small businesses of by small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That is linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Well, thanks again for making Locked on LSU your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. So Brian Kelly, you know, spoke with the media after the, the Florida State game. And this is it was part of his opening statement. You know, we certainly uh, are not the football team that I thought we were. Um, and, 
you know, got to do a much better job, obviously, and developing our football team. Um, we uh, clearly were short in a lot of areas tonight, and that falls on me to get our football team to be better in most of the competitive areas that you saw tonight. That statement of, we're not the football team I thought we were. I felt like that was Brian Kelly's way of, of, of essentially throwing the players under the bus. Of, well, I thought we were good, but now it was up to you to answer the call, and you didn't. But when I heard that, I thought, well, I mean, that's, that's on you. That's your fault. That's on you for misevaluating your team or misreading that your team was ready or not, or not fully grasping what your team needed, whether it would be in, a, in an on-the-field sense, in an off-the-field sense. Because that was a team on Sunday night that simply just lacked passion. That was a team on Sunday night that just simply gave up. That's on the coaching staff. So for Brian Kelly, and I don't think that was his intention, but it sounded like he was just throwing his team under the bus. Like, oh, well, I did my job, but you just weren't the team that I thought you were. That frustrated me. That pissed me off. Don't blame the players. Blame yourself. There's one thing that is pretty much constant. You know, we talk about coach speak all the time and how sometimes it just drives me crazy and sometimes it just makes me laugh because you hear the same thing every week from, the, from every coach. There is only one instance in which the team, excuse me, in which the coach blames anyone but himself. And it's when he's giving credit to his team for good things. As a coach, and quarterbacks do the same thing, as a leader. In a win, it's a credit to the team. In a loss, that's on me. I should have done better. And Brian Kelly did. He said, that's on me at the end of that. But still, what you say first is what you really mean. But Brian Kelly, you know, those, those were that comment, that opening statement went viral on social media. So Brian Kelly opened up his press conference on Monday afternoon clarifying those comments. I think my comments, I want to kind of elaborate. I said, this is not the team I thought it was. It's, it has nothing to do with their physical ability. I knew who they were physically. But, you know, when you're playing and competing at the highest level, this is about a connection between the mental uh, and, and the mental preparation, the mind and the body. And there was a disconnect there. Uh, the, the disconnect was, it's a hard game. This, the game of football requires a competitive edge uh, that we lacked in particular the second half. As you know, we got outscored 31-7. to seven. So um, understanding and recognizing, you know, how our team was thinking and what they thought about themselves and their beliefs and all of those things uh, come into question when you talk about uh, the performance. Um, because it's not just about talent. It's the ability to put talent and certainly the right way of thinking uh, and what they believe. Um, and certainly uh, that uh, belief um, was misguided. And that falls on my shoulders uh, in terms of messaging, in terms of uh, how we get our players to understand that this game of football um, is very difficult. It's hard to win, especially when you're playing uh, a top 10 opponent. You have to play with a competitive edge, which is a combination of a sense of urgency uh, and emotional control.
So again, that was Brian Kelly, and it was is Tuesday part. It's Labor Day weekend. His Tuesday press conference. When he said that, I'm thinking the whole time. What do you mean you're clarifying your comments? You're doubling down on your comments. When he was saying that, you know, we need to play with a more competitive edge. There was a disconnect mentally and physically. The whole time I'm thinking, and whose fault is that? And whose fault is that? And whose fault is that? Because it's yours, Brian. It's your fault. It's your fault that you didn't know, that you maybe overestimated that this team, how ready this team truly was. It's your fault for not understanding that this team's competitive edge or you know, mental toughness or whatever coach term you want to use, that that wasn't fine-tuned enough to go out there and play a full 60 minutes. That's your fault. And again, it took him one full minute of bloviating about everything that this team did wrong, everything that this team lacked, to say, and that falls on my shoulders. Duh! I know that, and he knows that. And that locker room, those players, they're not going to say that. They're not going to say that it's on their coach, but I'm sure they feel it. What I don't want to happen is for there to, and I'm not saying it's happening. I don't want there to be resentment in this locker room for players and one another or for players and their coaches. If I hear my coach say, you know, we didn't play with a competitive edge. We didn't have that mental toughness that I, you're just not the team I thought you were. That makes me upset. It does. Because it's the coach's job to get a team ready to play. And that team, frankly, they weren't ready to play. It's more specifically in the second half. But that's on the coach. You don't play 30 minutes in football. You play 60. This team played 30. And that's the coach's fault. And Brian Kelly was asked, you know, how do you get to that that mental toughness? How do you get to that competitive edge? And Brian Kelly talks about it's sprinting off the field, not just jogging. He talks about, you know, having that that drive and that desire and that hunger and that that need to win more than the need to breathe. So where why didn't you have that before? Why is there now all of a sense of urgency to do that that there wasn't before? Because clearly there was not much of a sense of urgency to instill that within your team before the game because we didn't see it. Surely I don't think that message is falling on deaf ears. So I'm not saying that there's resentment breeding in this locker room. That would be irresponsible and unfair of me to say after one week. But I'd appreciate if Brian Kelly just took a little bit more responsibility for something that is 100% totally and completely on him. But coming up next, it is a Mailbag Wednesday, so we will get into some of your questions, your thoughts, your takeaways from the game against Florida State and questions about this game moving, you know, this game on, on Saturday and the season moving forward. We'll get into some of your questions coming up next. I want to tell you about game time. So I live in Nashville, Tennessee. And if you don't know Nashville, it is a city full of concerts and sports events. I mean, there are constantly fun things to do and fun places to go. It is music city after all. But I was one of those. I was waiting in line 
for tickets for a concert that I wanted to go to so badly. And I'm waiting in, in the virtual line on the in the third party ticket sites. And, you know, it's it's high fees and I have to you know go through all of these avenues just to try to find tickets. I mean, it's almost at that point, not even worth it to go to the event. But buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful. It should not have been that stressed to try to find tickets for that concert. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. Plus game time on the game time app experience. They've got flash deals and last minute tickets. So if you are a procrastinator like me, sometimes I'll admit it. Sometimes I wait to the last minute. Game time will give you wonderful, uh, wonderful opportunities to save some money and to get deals. And if you might not be able to find tickets last minute on other ticket sites, game time will have those last minute tickets for you. It is the place for a last minute ticket deal. So forget planning months in advance. Like I said, not really my thing. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. And the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. So snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On College, all one word, for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code Locked On College, L O C K E D O N C O L L E G E, for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Hey, college football season is here and this season. Lockdown is kicking up our coverage with Locked On College Football live each Friday. Lockdown will go live from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern on every Locked On College YouTube channel. College football kickoff live will cover playoff implications, the conference rivalry games, and go in-depth like only Locked On can, including insight and analysis from our staple of Locked On College hosts, Covering their team every single day. So find Lockdown College Football Kickoff live every Friday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern on any Lockdown College YouTube channel. You will not want to miss it. Let's get into some of your questions because it's a Thursday, but I'm doing a mailbag Wednesday on a Thursday. Like y'all know, I'm not one to stay on schedule. So we're going to get to some of your questions. Appreciate everybody for sending those questions in. Again, I do a mailbag Wednesday, usually every Wednesday, sometimes on a Thursday, but get those questions in any way you can. You can tweet them into me at Caroline Fenton one. You can DM me there, or of course you can comment below on our YouTube channel, but let's get into it. Whole lot of questions this week. And I get it. I understand. Um, my frustrations are high. Um, my concerns are high and yours are too. I get it. I am right there with you. One question that I got a, a few times over and something that I've also seen a lot, you know, in, in LSU Twitter, in the comments on the YouTube page. Overall, the question is, when do you think that we'll see Garrett Nussmeyer? Look, I said it and I have a full breakdown of it on, you know, on, you can find that on your preferred podcast and on the Lockdown LSU YouTube page about how, that loss on Sunday, that was not Jaden Daniels' fault. That was not his fault. Were there things that Jaden Daniels could have done better? Yeah, absolutely. There's one play in particular where I think he had the cleanest pocket that he had all night. He had all day to throw. And I believe it was, you know, a, a pass to Kyron Lacey. And Kyron Lacey, it was an incomplete pass. 
and it was not Kyron Lacey's fault. It was, if that was the receiver, I believe it was, it was either Kyron Lacey or Brian Thomas. Doesn't matter. Anyways, um, Jaden Daniels just completely overthrew him, like sailed over him. And that's on Jaden Daniels. Like if you have a clean pocket like that and you have an open receiver like that, you need to be hitting them right in the number, right in the hands, especially in a game of that magnitude. My goodness. So, yes, absolutely, there are things that Jaden Daniels could have done better. I don't want to see Jaden Daniels try and run up the middle and get kerplunked on the ground anymore. Like, let's not be doing that now. So, look, he's not perfect. No one has ever accused him of being perfect. And that was not my point, was that he was perfect. I'm just saying that there was so much more that went wrong on Sunday night that was completely out of Jaden Daniels' hands. For us, uh, there were, I would say, three to four times more dropped passes on good balls than there were bad passes delivered by Jaden Daniels that just couldn't have been caught by the receivers. I mean, I know off the top of my head, three passes in particular that Kyron Lacey just didn't catch. That's not on Jaden Daniels. That's not his fault. There were nice balls that were thrown. And some of them were under duress. And that's also the job on the receiver to help the quarterback out a little bit. So that was not on him. The offensive line could not run block for anything. I mean, and, and also there were just run calls after run plays after run plays after run plays just running it up the middle. And when that's a, that's a defensive line that's going to stuff you up the middle. And when especially when you don't have an offensive line that can run block. I mean, the offensive line was horrendous in run blocking. Yet Mike Denbrock continued to call run play after run play. And that was the frustrating thing to me is you call – you know, a run up the middle on first and 10. Let's say you get a gain of one, maybe two, second and eight, run up the middle. You don't get any, you know, nothing. Well, now you're in third and eight. Well, that's a tough position to put your quarterback in time after time after time when receivers aren't catching balls. So when you set Jaden Daniels up into third and long situations, I mean, it, like, you're not going to be all that successful. So it was play calling, it was run blocking, it was the run game, the run game just couldn't get much going. It was the receivers dropping passes. It was the fact that, you know, Florida State found out, found a way to run on LSU's defense in the second half. And overall, it was the fact that this team just gave up. Just flat out gave up. And look, Jaden Daniels had the interception and, you know, Malik Neighbors slipped, went right into the hands of the defender. That's going to happen. Jordan Travis had an interception too. It's not, it that didn't cost LSU the game. And I can't emphasize that enough. Was Jaden Daniels, you know, Heisman Trophy winning Jaden Daniels? No, not in the slightest. But that loss, that was not, not on him. I urge you, anybody who thinks, anyone who's saying, she doesn't know anything about it, I urge you to watch the game back. And you tell me, I want you to tally things that went wrong for Jaden Daniels, the things that went wrong for everyone else. You tell me which one wins, which one has more tallies. I guarantee you it's not the Jaden Daniels column. So back to the question of when will we see Garrett Nussmeyer? Look, I don't know if things just fall off the rails. I don't know if Jaden Daniels is going to only regress throughout the season and maybe this coaching staff has no choice but to put Garrett Nussmeyer in. Maybe Jaden Daniels gets hurt, knock on wood. But I am not all of a sudden going to say that after one week of just bad performances all the way around that the quarterback should be benched. No. I'm not going to say that. 
So I mean, anything can happen. I'm not going to say week seven. You know, if, if LSU hasn't scored this many total points or put up this many yards, then Garrett Nussmeier should go in. No, I'm not going to say that. All I'm going to say is after week one, nothing showed me that Jaden Daniels doesn't deserve this job. Also, more questions. I apologize. I only got to one because I beloviated there. That's on me. So we'll get to some more questions throughout the rest of the week. So continue to send those and appreciate everybody who sent in their questions for a mailback Wednesday. But that is going to do it for me today. Appreciate you for making Locked in LSU your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Every day is coming up on tomorrow's episode of Locked in LSU. We'll get a breakdown of Grambling LSU's week to opponent. All that coming up on tomorrow's edition of Locked in LSU.